Good evening, folks. Um, this is uh, your host, Peter Hortons, for the UFK Topic Conference Call. Um, this evening, um, Dr. Glenn Kendall um, will be the major presenter. Um, Kenny Smith will be. Uh, Dr. Uh, Jennifer, I'm just going to say Dr. Jennifer, excuse me, will be here also speaking. Um, and uh, the topic is on on basically the bicameral mind, mental health, um, balancing ourselves out, and so forth and so on. Um, so um, I, uh, I will ask if anyone wants to do the Oh, yeah, and this is number 25 of these discussions. And now I'm asking, um, does anybody want to do the opening prayer? Any volunteers? I'll do the opening prayer for this discussion. Okay. Okay. And also joining us is Pamela, part of the team. Okay, right. everybody... Get relaxed. Become aware of your breathing. Try to silence your movement. Be comfortable with your intake and, ex and ex exhaling. And as you breathe in, begin to associate a color that best represents the Great Spirit, Jehovah. A gentle color could be a pure color like white, a gentle pastel color like pink and blue, and let that fill you up and associate this color that's filling you up with the presence of the Almighty. Oh, dear great spirit, Jehovah, we are gathered in your name to continue the work of fellowship by the universal faces of Cosmon, to bring together like-minded people in your name to explore new possibilities of good works and healing. We take your lead, Great Spirit, in all that we do to do the best for humanity and for the development even of those who are in the spiritual world who are less developed. We understand that both worlds exist simultaneously, the world of spirit and the world of corpora. We submit to the great spirit and claim that by angels, Come around and gather, guide us to protect us, to ensure that we reach our highest and best ideals in a very pragmatic and practical way. There are hard times, dear Jehovah, ahead of us in this dawn of Cosmon as we approach. 200 years to Dan in a relatively short period of time and the world is inhabited. 
in this presentation, we try to do our small bit to bring comfort to the suffering and to those tormented by dark forces. Let us proceed and go in the spirit of the great spirit as faith is so we can grow and learn together. In that name, we thank the world is not um, I heard some the beep. Anybody else join us? Yeah, this is Deborah. I came a little late. Sorry about that. But. No, we're just we're just getting underway. All right, uh, I am now turning it over to my brother and friend, Dr. Kendall, Glenn. Um, thank you. Your show. Okay. Thank you, all. Thank you, Peter. Um. For just a slight introduction for those who may not know, um, as Peter said, my name is Glenn Kendall, and I want to be a bit formal because this is a research project. Um, I hold three degrees, one a PhD in public policy, a second a master's degree in theology, and a master's degree in education. And it's all aimed to support the aims of the great spirit as my dissertation and thesis have explained. And I have been the co-founder of the Resurrection Faithists in New York City. We've been in existence for over 35 years. And we have not been the kind of organization which you find ourselves on the Internet or we write books or we do a lot of website presentation, actually, we won't, you won't even find us on the web. David Helper, who was the other co-founder who has since passed on, he was very adamant about this, and he was wise to do so 35 years ago. What we do do is that we, we try to help people who have bizarre experiences to help them get over and to resolve those bizarre experiences as usually if not always um, done or sourced by unseen, evil, or dark spirits, which I have called anti-Jehovians, or those who have been at the back of the line of humanity or the back of the line of morality. The research question before us for our research team, which I will introduce shortly, is a simple question. Do people with schizophrenia hear the voice of the spirit? The question implies that if they do, then the healing treatment used to help them is wrong. That's the medical healing treatment. We have started this project with some degree of difficulties because the cases are quite extreme, as well as some degree of successes. Our team members who are present with us include Peter Hodgins with the MS. W. Kenny Smith, a, a musician and a person who has extreme experience in the spirit world. Dr. Jennifer Picnic Pastor, she's a professor at CUNY with tenure, and she is wants to join us as being a faithist. Carmela Maya, who has a master's degree in education, and she is the youngest of the group, and probably the most talented. Not with us so far, but as part of the team is Richard Exodus. 
piece of parchment artist. It's very important that we have that. Um, Saki Liar, he is a registered nurse and Reiki master and healer in McElvain. She also has a master in education. She's an adjunct professor. And she will function as her editor. And Naima Smith, who's an MSW, that's a master's degree in social work candidate. I would like to take the time to read a very short executive summary about the project. Glenn, just before you read that, I just also want to announce to people who people may not know you that you are the president of the Universal Faces of Cosmen as well. And oh, yeah. we, as a group, interact and work together. Thank you, Peter. This this is a short, the proposal is about 30 pages, but the summary is just one page. The Restoration Faces has former research teams to investigate the phenomenon of hearing voices. We are most concerned with the relationship and impact of hearing voices on people diagnosed with having schizophrenia. Our research question is, do people with schizophrenia hear the voice of the spirit? The question implies that if they do, then the healing treatment used to help them is wrong. From a literature review perspective, we examined four significant positions in finding a more useful model to treat schizophrenia. The four areas include the study of hallucinations, Dr. Julian James, the view that mental illness is a metaphor, Dr. Thomas A. Zaz, the role of this kind of beings has in causing a mental illness, Dr. Susan Martinez, and the relationship of human nature, that is the tetrax and the psychological wellness, Dr. John Newberg and Confucius. We will follow our restoration protocol to ascertain the information and results of our study. As a group of faiths, we will enter into sacred relationship with the Hobai to seek guidance and answers to questions to serve mentally ill people better. Each team member has a critical assigned role that is spelled out in the body of the proposal. Our formal purpose is to receive information directly from Jehovah's angels about the course of action we should take to free victims of practical, extorted, or spiritual pain. One aim of our study is to publish our results. We will attempt to get the results published in a journal or as a book. It is essential at the beginning of Cosmon that those afflicted with the torment of hearing unwanted voices find a permanent remedy. In our model of mental well-being, the solution is both spiritual and corporal. The clients need a spiritual cleansing as well as therapeutic services by those who understand the role that spirits play in causing mental havoc. And that concludes the um, summary. We using just want to get just highlight some of the key points before I turn it over to our team members. Uh, we are not we are going to be using a metaphysical paradigm as opposed to a spiritual approach. Um, and we're going to use the metaphysical because I feel very strongly that it adds to the scholarship. By tying our approach to foundational thinkers, major philosophers, and scholars, and researchers in the metaphysical field, we must account for both the good and the evil. G.C., who is a 13th century Neo Confucius scholar, he identified the heaven principle 
and he contrasts that with the material force in the unfolding of compassion and cruelty. One of the benefits of the Confucius model that is different from the Western psychological model is the fact of incorporating the power of feelings and integrating that with human nature to find the source of, of spiritual and corporeal darkness. One of our philosophical listings is Stuart Weiss' Unobstructed Universe, written in 1940. It's just to give you some highlights. The rationale and the data. I'm going to highlight this briefly. People with schizophrenia die at a much greater rate than in the general population, five times greater, according to the National Institute of Health. Meanwhile, there are too many faces and students of Washington suffering with this so-called disorder of hearing voices or schizophrenia. The healing or cure rate, as discussed by psychiatrists, is only about 30%, and that may be generous. And that's by their own stats. So they have approximately, and depending upon your study, anywhere from 60 to 80% non-cure rate. We, we use four contrasting bases of literature review, and this is critical to understand our approach. The first is Dr. Julian James' great work um, on which he, he, he identifies the issue of schizophrenia, et cetera, as a neurological and hallucinatory problem. We challenge that paradigm. Dr. Zaz, who is kind of his nemesis, um, he uses it as a mechiki. People believe, well, he doesn't believe in the whole notion of mental health disease at all. He's a Princeton professor, or he was. For him, it's a metaphor for living with behavior problems. Our approach comes very close to his basic foundation. We also focus on Dr. Martinez's work, particularly her most latest work, The Field Guide um, to the Spirit World. And we also include in this approach both Dr. Wicklin and Dr. Fiore's work. And essentially, they argue that these mental health issues for so-called disease is really an invasion of discarnate entities. We are very much aligned with that approach depending upon the psychological makeup of the client. We also touch on, or we also focus on rather, Dr. Newberg. And from his perspective, it's the human nature. It's incorporating both the tetracts, which psychiatry and the psychological field really does not even touch. They don't really focus on human nature as intervention possibility. And pay you or Confucius um, because of his great work that is still being taught in grad school. That's one of the courses I took in a PhD program, surprisingly. Um, and his notion of understanding the importance of feelings and how feelings are related to human nature and how it, it, it can control behavior such as compassion. So um, our first intervention strategy, we want to, as, as mentioned above, we want to present our formal approach to Jehovah following the restoration of places protocol to seek corrections 
updates and guidance on how to proceed. In other words, we will present in a sacred meditative format our proposal and ask Jehovah to help us to help those suffering from this disorder. We have started this work, and we had some great insight, particularly from Carmela and from Kenny. The methodologies. I want to try to put this in a more formal context because we want to publish. So the methodology is going to be a, a phenomenal approach. We're going to use um, because we're using the phenomenal approach because it focuses on commonality and live experience within a particular group. And this particular group is those who hear voices and who are diagnosed as schizophrenia. This concludes my opening statement. I will um, turn it over to the team members, and I have suggested a order so that they can know when to speak. Each person will have um, five to ten minutes to speak. Um, because some of our members are, are not here. Originally it was five minutes, but there's four or five of us who are not here, so the others can have more time to talk. The speakers will be in this order, Dr. Jennifer, and let me introduce her a bit. It will be Dr. Jennifer Pickney pastor Next would be Kenny Smith. Third would be Carmela. Um, and fourth would be Peter Harchins. I may speak last just to tie things together. Um, let me introduce Dr. Jennifer pastor Dr. Pastor is a tenured professor at uni. She has experience in the healing as well as in the high level research that involves the field policy of psychology and of healing. She and I have worked together recently on certain on a couple of cases and I'm looking forward to her working further further with her. Um Kenny, he is a musician, a very fine musician. Um, he is extremely gifted in the field of spirit, and the angels just love to be with him. So does Jehovah. And his, his, his experiences are extraordinary, and I've learned a lot from him. Carmela, who is our youngest, like I said, she has a master's degree in education. She um, is extraordinary in the in, in the spirit world, um, her access to the creator's light is, is, is just daunting. And she has good good memory like Ken, and they, they report back in very fine detail. Peter needs no introduction. Um, he, is, he does have his MSW. He is the vice president of the church. Um, and he's a key part of our team. Not with us is Saki, um, Kim, and Naima, and Richardson. And I will not take up any more time with that, but we'll turn it now over to Dr. Pastor to give her role and experience in this project. Thank you for your time. Okay. You Hello, much. everyone. Um, well, I would first like to start by just saying that I feel it's by divine intervention that I learned about the OWASPI 
and about the faithless. Um, it was quite by accident. I was not looking for it, but as I said, I believe I was led to this group. Um, and I was led to it by discovering um, a recent book written by Dr. Susan Martinez, um, which is called Field Guide to the Spirit World. And after reading that book, it dawned on me I should call her and talk about the book. And as we spoke, she said, you should talk to my colleague, um, the president of the Faithist Organization, and that would be Dr. Glenn Kendall. And so that started this journey for me. Um, and it's, I think, extremely valuable, and I'm, I'm very grateful um, to know all of you, to get to know all of you um, as time goes on. So in any case, um, the, the, one of the reasons that I'm so interested in this group is because I do have an adult son who has been diagnosed with schizophrenia since his He's now 36 years old. And he um, has been treated by psychiatrists. He's also um, an Iraq war veteran, um, served in Iraq in, I think it was, uh, he came back in 2007. Um, and since then, he's had a lot of issues. He's been under the care of psychiatrists, and he was finally diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, in the last year before um, I came across OASPI, he made multiple suicide attempts um, and it was very scary because he was now living in the state of Florida and he was away from family members. So when I found out about the work of the, um, the restoration work of the Faithists, um, they actually included my, my son as one of the um, case studies and actually did um, the meditation, the work on him. And that stopped the suicide attempt completely. Um, and as a matter of fact, he's doing so much better now that he's decided to go back to college. So um, so I'm a true believer based on, on the validation um, that I experienced in terms of the treatment of my son, the intervention, the spiritual intervention, or the metaphysical intervention. And... Um, and that really motivated me to get involved in uh, this research project. So um, I would like to say first, um, well, first of all, I want to say that my role will be as a researcher and not necessarily as um, a restoration practitioner, but that doesn't mean that I would not become a restoration practitioner in the future. Um, I think that I need to do more work to prepare myself for that um, so that I can be a, a valuable team member and do it in a way that, you know, I feel is appropriate for me in terms of where my development is. Um, I also want to say, which um, Dr. Uh, Glenn Kendall just touched on briefly, um, that I'm also an energy healer. I became a pranic energy healer. Uh, I began my training with the Pranic Energy um, Association in America back in 2014, and I became an associate uh, practitioner in 2018 after taking a number of courses and uh, completing a practicum. 
And so I am a true believer in metaphysical type of treatments. Um, I have an understanding of Reiki as well, although I'm not a practitioner of Reiki. Um, and I've had clients and I've worked on many people and with great results. But one thing that I learned in my experience as a pranic energy healer is that it had its limitations. And it wasn't until I came across uh, the Fapists that I realized that they actually filled the gap. They, they went to the next level um, in terms of dealing with the spiritual world and actually delivering a treatment that is very, very powerful. Okay, so having said all of that, um, I would like to jump into the task that um, Glenn Kendall asked me to focus on, and that was to look into um, the field of psychology and psychiatry. I, sh I should also add, my PhD is in social psychology, um, and as a social psychologist, I'm not a clinician, um, but that's okay because we still... In the field of psychology, you have to be familiar with all all these different aspects of psychology. So, um, so I would like to just address the question of psychology and psychiatry, and whether or not it takes into account this idea of the T tracks. Okay, the human nature um, of human beings that can sometimes lead to. Uh, destructive behaviors, characteristics um, that basically all humanity has to overcome. And I would say that psychology, psychiatry does not even know that word, number one. Um, and number two, they don't really look at human nature as a, sort of a philosophy. Um, they They sort of look at it more as you know, following a medical kind of traditional um, paradigm, okay, that, that goes back to Freud, it goes back to, you know, some of the early founders of, of psychology who basically decided we don't really know what's going on, but we can look at symptoms and we can look at functions of people. And if they're not functioning well and if they have certain symptoms, then we can start to study that from a, a medical point of view. And so basically early on, the field of psychology kind of followed this mind-body split and just decided, well, we'll focus on the mind. It's really not connected to the body, uh, but it's very scientific. We'll follow the scientific model. And so they sort of carved out a very narrow path for themselves in terms of a look at human nature. Um, but having said that, um, they do look at symptoms. So psychologists do recognize negative and destructive emotional patterns. They look at cognitive thought patterns. They look at how people explain things, um, their attributions for things, events in their lives, how they interpret things and so forth. Um, so psychologists look at all of that. They also, um, in more recent years, they Years ago, they moved away from Freud, but in more recent years, they have really looked again at the role of the unconscious mind and recognized how the unconscious mind 
actually operates a tremendous amount of mental function in the body, and it does so automatically and oftentimes outside of a person's conscious awareness. Um, this can coincide with negative defensive ego patterns or functions so that the person is operating in a way that preserves their self-image, their self-esteem, but possibly at a cost to seeking an objective reality. Um, psychology and psychiatry has basically created what they call the DSM, which is Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, and they're currently in their fifth generation of that manual. And in that manual, they have listed over 500 mental health disorders, um, and these disorders are classified by their symptoms, and they're grouped under very broad categories. And these categories include anxiety disorders, mood disorders such as bipolar disorder and depression, um, a number of thought or cognitive disorders such as dementia, behavioral disorders um, particularly targeted to children and adolescents such as uh, conduct disorder. You have dissociative disorders which traditionally were thought of as multiple personality disorder. You have personality disorders such as antisocial, narcissistic, a number of other personality disorders. And then you have the classification of schizophrenic disorders. So the thing to take into consideration with all of these disorders is that the field of psychology is pretty much narrowly focused on looking at symptoms um, and possible treatments, but they can't really uncover the cause. And in many cases, they're trained to try to uncover it by taking a social history, talking to the person, figuring out what's going on in their life, their environment, what's triggering possibly the onset of symptoms. They look at things like trauma, stress, um, significant life events to try to determine uh, what is triggering the person, you know, from their environment, from their day to day life. Um, they're also Jennifer, could you hold on? I got to see if it's clearing up on the line. On my part, I'm having trouble hearing you. Does anybody have any hearing problems? Yes, I, I, uh, I am. Oh no. <laughs> Okay. Hold, hold on a minute. Then. Okay. Anybody, is anybody using any devices or anything near the phone? Uh, I have my desktop on. I can turn that off if that might help. I, I honestly I don't, don't know what the noise is, so um, now I don't hear it. That's interesting. Yeah, it's clear right at the moment. Did, did you turn it off? Jennifer? No, I don't turn I didn't turn my desktop off at all. I didn't do anything. Uh, everybody's <laughs> clear enough. I'm sorry, I don't mean to just disturb it, but I anytime I hear it I want to get in and make sure everybody's hearing or not hearing. Okay? So Hey Peter. Yeah. It was me. My headset was on. So I put it on you and then it went away. Uh, I just heard it now. Yeah, I just heard it too. Yeah, it's my headset, so I'm just gonna put it on mute. 
put it on me, meaning? No, on mute. I'm going to mute it. Oh, okay. Um, okay, and I just put your name down as being here. Anybody, anybody else who has not spoke up yet on before Jennifer continues? All right, Jennifer, uh, take it away. Yeah, Jennifer, okay. you need to wrap up in about three minutes. Okay. So, so let me just say that with all of this, the field of psychology and psychiatry has not been actually able to figure out a cause. Okay, they don't really know the cause. A lot of the research has been done that has been done on clients has been observational. It has been case study. It has been correlational, um, which gives you a lot of information. But they will be the first to tell you that they don't really know the cause. Even in brain uh, neuroscience, all they could figure out is, well, we have some neurotransmitters and it correlates with a particular set of symptoms. And, but they don't really know what changes the neurotransmitters. Okay, so let me just add this um, to conclude. In terms of, um, in terms of the uh, outcomes, you know, statistical outcomes for people with schizophrenia, um, and Glenn already um, spoke about this briefly, um, about one in 100 people are diagnosed with schizophrenia. It usually occurs in the late teens to mid-30s. It happens equally in men and women. Usually it's about one to two years after initial symptoms of schizophrenia have appeared before a diagnosis is even given, because usually doctors have a hard time, you know, trying to figure out what's actually going on. Um, the suicide rate for people with schizophrenia is extremely high. It's at 10%, and it eventually goes up to 15% after the person has had it for about 30 years. Um, in terms of treatment outcomes, after 10 years of consistent psychiatric care, what they report is that 25% have experienced what they call recovery, but I would question the use of that term, recovery. 25% are said to be improved and living independently, but not necessarily in recovery. 25% are improved but require constant support. 15% are hospitalized, and 10% are dead, mostly from suicide. After 30 years of a diagnosis, about 25% have experienced recovery. 35% are improved and living independently, but still have some issues. 15% are improved, but require constant support. And, oh, yeah, and then 10% are hospitalized, and 15% are dead, most of them suicide. So it takes a toll. The medications are said to work, um, but basically, let's see, it's only if taken consistently, and about 20%, even of those who take it consistently, experience relapse, even with the medication. And the medications have a lot of side effects. So you can end up with movement disorders, tremors, painful cramps, muscle movements, um, all of that, sort of these movement disorders. It also causes weight gain, 
high surges of blood sugar and cholesterol levels and eventually leading to type 2 diabetes. So there are a lot of problems with the medications. So this is what I have so far. And um, Jennifer, I have a question. Could you give a definition so we're really clear, if everybody's clear, on what the standard definition of schizophrenia is? The stand, well, I don't have the standard definition in front of me, but I can tell you that um, it's a person who suffers from hallucinations and delusions, and the delusions could be of different types. So you can have a person with the paranoid delusions or delusions of being, let's say, a famous person or something like that. Right. Um, and basically they also have um, thought disorders, so they're not able to solve problems or think clearly. Um, so it affects the cognitive region of, often of the person. Yes. And um, and schizophrenic reactive, What what is different with that? With, is that a particular... Um, let me interject something to just a second. Let's hold the questions. I'd like to get the team to just present, and then we can do a Q&A. I should have mentioned okay. that at first. So if people write down their questions, it'd be great. But we have to give everybody a chance. I don't want to have. Um, I, I don't want this to go too long. So, Jennifer, are you just about finished? Yes, I I am finished actually. <laughs> that was okay. Great, time. thank you. It's a great presentation, Jennifer. I appreciate it. Um, Kenny, you, you got yes. five, ten minutes. It's your show. All right. Uh, uh, hello, everybody. This is uh, Ken Smith. Um, I've uh, I've known Glenn and Peter for over 30 years. Uh, I've been a bassist for over 30 years, and uh, um, basically, for me, uh, as Glenn said, I'm a musician. I've also uh, basically made my living up to now as an accountant, um, and. Just as a faithist, when I decided that uh, this is the path, this path I wanted to go on, um, uh, being a part of, of restoration work, and I say once, I, as I sort of learned and began to experience what that was, uh, the, the experience of sort of witnessing uh, the great spirit, uh, I'll say the angels of the great spirit, uh, uh, essentially uplift and uh, those who were in all sorts of pain um, uh, was something that uh, for me, uh, just it's an understatement to say it was very impactful uh, for me. And it's uh, the, the experiences um, many times were very, very vivid, and at other times they weren't. Um, but it was just something that, from a spiritual perspective, uh, really moved me, uh, moved me at my heart, uh, in my heart center. And so, um, uh, in this particular uh, project, 
uh, I don't have any formal experience whatsoever uh, in the field of uh, psychology or, or anything close to that. Um, but I'll say in, uh, 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 certainly it's because of my, my love for my brother Glenn and all of the restoration phases um, that, uh, you know, Glenn asked me uh, to, to do something and I will look to, to, to help out. Um, on a personal note, um, I have a family member who, uh, while not ever being diagnosed with, uh, with schizophrenia, but had had a, uh, a, a sort of a, on a couple of occasions, break, uh, breakdown, um, had to be hospitalized, uh, uh, was under the care or is under the care of a psychiatrist taking medication and also under psychologists. And so experiencing that and, and seeing, uh, uh, seeing her in, in certain states was, was very heart wrenching and, and as an understatement. And so as uh, Jennifer mentioned, uh, just kind of jumping ahead a bit, Jennifer mentioned the medication. Uh, and so one of the challenges uh, that uh, this family member was that she was very resistant to the medication um, or would take it and then would not want to take it, uh, mainly because of of certain symptoms that 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 of side effects that Jennifer mentioned, and also in particular, uh, uh, she would say it seemed to really, really uh, just numb her feelings and make her feel like she was sort of not disconnected from her body, and um, and so at the time. You know, so she wanted to find a more organic way to to heal, if you will, or to or to to overcome or or, or deal with this particular diagnosis um, that she had. And so, while initially uh, I may have been one to be a proponent of take your medicine, um, and that may have been driven by experiencing her in a very painful state, over time I came to understand and, uh, and I guess trying to, to access empathy to think that, well, I can ex- like imagine if I could experience joy or if there was something extremely exciting or loving, that that emotion would be capped within a narrow bandwidth of either something something joyful or something that was disappointing. Um, and so I, over time, became to clearly understand or feel like I had a better understanding of what life was, was going to be like just on, you know, by taking the medication. And so that... Uh, um, when when Glenn had uh, started started uh, uh, the, the idea for this project, so that sort of 
uh, sort of allowed me or one way helped me to connect with it. Um, and uh, so I'd also want to say that that uh, um, I don't ever profess to, uh, you know, it's like uh, I, I certainly don't think of myself as someone who, who, who uh, you know, has great insights. Um, I, 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 what I simply strive to do is, uh, is or if I have an experience and I'm, uh, say, whatever comes from that experience is, is simply try to recall that uh, to the best of my ability and, and, and share it with others. And, and, and many times um, uh, it, it might be specific to whatever the, the intention is at that point in time when we're uh, engaged in some spiritual work. But many times it is, it, it is seemingly on the surface not related um, at all to what our intention was. And I've learned to just accept that as sort of part of part of how my uh, my spiritual work actually works. Um, and uh, I think that's probably at this point. I think that's about all that I got to share. Thank you, Kenny. Okay. Um, okay. Before we leave, um, Kenny is being Kenny was being quite modest. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just Kenny and I worked on a uh, on an approach based upon this proposal, and he did he had experience in the spirit world unlike anything that he had in the past thirty years. And we will have sort of a nickname for Kenny, like he's 2020 Vision in Spirit World. And so I'm going to just read one short paragraph from his experience. And this is about the creator and the love the creator has for everybody and everything. Here is you have, this is like a typing from his notes as he's talking. So I mentioned that there seems like rods that was really light rods lightning rods, vibrational light that was directly coming from the creator. The creator unconditionally loved for everything from the source. I saw them, experiencing them, the rods. I saw what might be one main rod. The analogy is the pulmonary system and the main artery. There is a main connection to the creator to everyone, and that is the soul. The rods look like it is a physical, but it's not. It's pretty thick in diameter, two to three inches. It would have its own viaducts. Glenn notes from his training with Gilbert Walking Bull um, from the Lakota Nation, it sounds like Wakatanka. That's the Lakota people's name for the great spirit. It's the artery that's all throughout the universe. And the symbol of that is the grapevine system, which is a universal system metaphor for describing the interconnected aspect of the great spirit on the inner planes. So this is just one snippet of what Kenny experienced in understanding 
how to help people heal. And the one thing that he said that he got from that meditative experience is that Jehovah overwhelms his children, his angels, whatever you want to call them, with love. He just overwhelms them. He just overwhelms them to the point where that drowns out everything else. Did I capture that pretty accurate, Kenny? Uh, yes, you did. Okay. I just want to, so you guys know that we. I just want to have some experience that's directly related to the project, and from that we now go to um, Carmela. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Um, so I will try to make myself as brief as I can. Um, so I have been at uh, a safe or part of the restoration for most of the growing up in it. Um, Ken Smith, who just spoke, is dad, and Glenn being pretty much a second to myself. Um, I'll just my experience so far. You're breaking up a little bit for Camilla. Yeah. How about now? Yeah. How about now? Um, say something. Is that better? Yeah, so far. Um, so I don't have a large background with um specifically working with people with um, schizophrenia. Um, my background is mostly in education um, and having worked with individuals with special needs. But in relation to this research project um, and focusing on how individuals may be hearing voices, hallucinations, and how it impacted their life, um, my role in this is more of just relaying messages that I have received from the creator. I am not one that I would say I know all or much, but I tried my best to just be able to create a visual or messages that I do receive, um, which is I am very fortunate and humbled that it up very clearly for me and very distinctly. Um, some of the things that I had got, gotten in past meditations was the lineage and heritage that is sometimes correlated with people with schizophrenia um, and how those that have it usually have a past ancestral mind that has been directly impacted in a spiritual way um, and that the spirit plane in the corporeal and the spirit side is a very thin line and oftentimes people that have schizophrenia are sometimes directly as mediums which cause them to be direct targets um, in hearing voices or hallucinations and as a medium, it it affects their everyday interactions with people because they are sometimes hearing voices that are directly related to the spirit. Um, and those are kind of just like tidbits that I've gathered. Um, I feel like those are the main points, and I didn't want to keep elaborating.
Okay. Is there anything further, Carmela? Nope. Well, like her dad, she's very modest as well. Um, one of the things that Carmela's um, impact on improving and expanding our understanding of the spirit world and its, and its impact on on people, especially faithers, but not just faithers, um, but people who may have acceptability to a spirit vibration, that it's so significant that there's not enough time to really explain it. But one of the things that she has helped me with in my assessments of the role that negative entities have when influencing corporeal people is such that it caused us to go deeper into the spirit world because we have deeper insights and we see the correlation between slavery in the spirit world and schizophrenia in this world, which was a surprise. We wasn't expecting that. Um, we begin to see the um, the 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 extraordinary the extraordinary complexity of revenge for curses that's being played out. The angels are guiding us and they are having us see how these curses or revenge acts played out over generations and affects the living person. We see how they have this all comes from Carmela. We see how there are certain seeds and certain implants, but they're not simple implants, but there's certain um, certain activity, almost like a welding, as you weld two iron parts together. We see that, that process happening in the spirit world in terms of one person's energy, and it gets welded, and they become captive to this overlord that is difficult to break. And it's intergenerational. We have traced it back going um, several hundred years, if not more. So there's a lot of unpacking that needs to be done, and that's why one of the roles that Carmela would have, as she explained, is to be the receptive um, vehicle to get some of the finer information so that we know how to proceed in providing good works for those who are being tormented by the voices. Carmela, did I sort of capture some of what you have done to your satisfaction? Yes. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Um, next, we have um, Richardson was on, but Richardson Exodus, he's our cosmic artist. He's a fetus. Um, he's, um, he's very talented. Um, he does some drawings and things in nature, and we can talk about that more. But he's also one of our clients. And Richardson, if you feel comfortable to, to explain who you are in about 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes, um, so that people can know. And I try to mute my phone to, to reduce the static and negative feedback. Okay. Do everybody hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, good, good. Um, well, I don't think I need 10 minutes to um, introduce myself and talk about, you know, what I'm, my part in, you know, the study. But as far as my position in RFK and um, and UFK, my position is mainly to 
create artwork, original artwork for the group and different projects that we're involved in. I would just create different pieces. Um, besides that, I am a diagnosed schizophrenic and um, pretty much I have the lived experience to know that schizophrenia is based on not really based on, but it's affected from the spirit world. And as as the days go by, I just learn more and more about the sickness and different ways to maintain my mental health. So pretty much that that is what I know about schizophrenia. Thank you. Anything else, Mr. Sin? Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. Well, we have uh, another modest person here. Okay. Um, let me fill in some of the gaps here. Um, the UFK board was at a face-to-face meeting in Ukraine about uh, 13 months ago, and including myself, Peter, of course, and Carmela. And we did go into a sacred meditation on behalf of um, Richardson, and the angels were very instructive, and they told us, do not go deeper into meditation regarding Richardson. It's too dangerous. And so, um, and this particular message was for Carmela because she's such a light. So I began to nibble away at that safely. I don't want to take up a lot of time. And Begin to understand what, what, why the the angels told us that, and how they exposed it to us in the spirit world. It was it was mind boggling. It was extremely impactful, and it was downright cruel. Um, the slavery that was involved is it's almost like the dawn of the dead, and these Jehovah angels from high race freed some of them. So over time, I, for whatever reason, don't know, we began to get better. We began to get instructions to how to help Richardson. And so we began to go into spirit, go into meditation, um, because he was being severely tormented by these spirits. Um, and to make a long story short, for many months, of work, uh, he began to, um, when we started this specific project, he explained to me, and I was very careful to try to be objective, that the voices and the torment that he was experiencing that was coming from within his body, within his person, within his aura, those stopped. Those stopped. And now it's coming from external. And according to my count, there was, Many, many, many of them that he was victimized. He's a victim, so that we are we are a long way from really figuring out just how to complete the treatment. That's why we need to go back into spirit with this with this proposal and see to demonstrate to Jehovah that we're willing to do the work. You know, the study, the research, et cetera, the meditation in his and his thing only. 
So that's some of what's going on with with our success or effectiveness, thanks to Car- Carmela. Um, yep. Is there anything you want to add to that, Richardson, before we move on? Um, well, I could add the fact that after the whole restoration was complete, my I, I realized that my artistic abilities have kind of been evolving. Like I've been getting better and more keen at my execution when it comes to, um, you know, creating art. Well, that's nice well whether it's paintings or woodworking or carpentry, no matter what it is, you know, I, I'm just more focused and more detailed with my work. Okay. That's new for so me. So the restoration okay. have been very effective. Thank you. Okay. At this point, I would like to um, bring on our, we need no introduction, Peter Hodges. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. Um I'm listening very carefully to this, and, it, it, and what Glenn is bringing here and was saying, and I'm going to try to cap this, but there's really a lot of components that we have to look at. Um, but it is it is a multidisciplined kind of thing, and I've studied astrology, palmistry, all these, uh, as well as psychology and social work and so forth, um, and I have I am getting more of a picture that there is this interrelated. There's three realities, basically, and we can put emotional into, into that, but it's, it's part of the three. The spiritual, the psych- cyclical or psychological, and the corporeal. Um, and from what I'm gathering, entities can, can impede on all those levels. Mind is, if you don't have mind, you can't perceive the spiritual, the psychological, or the... So mind is, is something that's is present um, within, as, and in this case we're talking about human beings, is, is present to perceive good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I'm coming to a point where in an astro- astrological way, you can read a chart, and if there are certain aspects that prone people to mental illness or emotional um, upset. There's also marks uh, in the hand in palmistry that can in- indicate mental illness. Now, the thing here is, is the indicator a uh, a fact that cannot be escaped, or is it a, a, a sign of what is inevitable if things are not done? Um, so to try to understand the interrelation of how we can learn to use our own mind to help heal ourselves with positive thinking, with good nutrition, exercise, which has proven to help uh, in general. And um, understanding that we have power. One of the things I have found in my own experiences and working with others is that when people take responsibility for their own condition and not put it out on everybody else, it's their fault, this person, they're attacking me, we're going to be attacked. How we deal with those attacks, whether it's coming from biogenical, biochemical disorder, from outside spirits or tetracts, 
family history and, and how we interpret things. And I think for me, what I'm trying to put this in, this, all of these have to be factored. Now, Glenn was talking about ancestral lines. And I think from what I've talked to Glenn and what we've talked uh, in general about this in the, uh, uh, recently is the genetic family line. Now, there is a, a, a faithist philosophy about what is called um, reincarnation, where we have a spiritual family and we have a spiritual inheritance from that family and often karmic stuff that we have come on is what we are inheriting from our spiritual line. And I don't think we've really, really talked about it in terms of mental health. I'm just putting that out out there. I know for myself that when I have had drug-induced psychotic uh, experiences, having all my life spiritual visions and spiritual things, one of the things I understand about these conditions of, of the discordance, it is a disunity. Now, from this perspective, schizophrenic, schizophrenia is a disunity in the perception of the whole. All these things are happening around us. We're reading people. The more, and this is one of the problems, I think, the more sensitive psychically a person is, and they don't understand it, and they haven't learned to control it, plus what inherited physical traits and mental traits from the parents can have a great impact on how they perceive the wholeness as either wholeness of being or disunity. And, and this is just one little piece of how to look at it. Mental illness in general is the disunity of the parts, seeing it and experiencing it as disunity, uh, or egocentric, I relate to when I was using amphetamine, cars are coming around the corner, I'm in the city, I'm watching all these cars, and somehow it's all about me, and I'm feeling connected to everything, but in a paranoid sense, when I'm not, didn't have the drug-induced situation, I'm feeling the harmony of everything, but there's no... I'm the center, or they're all looking at me, or they're after me, or this or that. So some of the ways we have to, I think, understand, as it says in Sessantes, um, the corporeal body and the spiritual body, in a sense, have made a marriage while we're in it. What is the condition of that marriage? What is the inherited traits from our ancestors? Uh, the corporeal ancestors who are now also spirits, what is our, our, our mental inheritance from our parents, what Owaspi uh, is very strong about uh, not uh, engaging in um, sexual relationships when a person's pregnant, how that for, for the creator to be working, what kind of damage may that do to, the, to the, the, both the evolving spiritual and corporeal entity? So, uh, so for me, there's there's a great deal that we have to understand in 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 the in in this part. And as Glenn put it, there are also these dark forces that um, whose main thing is to enslave people one way or the other to have power and control. 
and they will they will do as best they can. So for us who are sensitive in itself, we have to learn how to build up our own willpower not to fall from what we know is correct. And I think this is also a part. How much is someone's personal moral integrity implanted in them from, from childhood when it becomes a second nature? Um, and I'm looking at these different topics to try to kind of put them all together in the smallest of um, smallest amount of time that I can. Um, so, again, going to diet, there is um, orthomolecular psychiatry where they try to heal with diet, and I think it's a very good thing, but as Jennifer was saying, you know, people don't take their medicine. So if, he, if someone isn't going to stay to a certain diet, that's going to start fixing the physiological damage that may be there. Now, the question comes, the chicken or the egg? Do we have a trauma and something gets disrupted in the corporeal wiring to make it easier for the spirits to come? Or in some cases, do spirits work on the psyche of a person so there's actually physical disruption that happens? Now, with all the imaging they do with the brain, they're finding out very much um, how the brain looks when you're not eating right, how the brain looks under certain pressures, certain damage that happens in the brain. We also find that the brain is more plastic. So what do we do to use if the brain is really the receiver, the brain is not the thinking organ. The mind is the mind is an abstraction as far as the physical is concerned. Um, you got two minutes to wrap up. Yeah. Okay. Um, listen, it's a big subject. There's a lot of pieces in this. Uh, I would say, in the sense of the work we're doing, is that at this point it is a research pro project. We're doing the work of getting the research and also doing the healing work. Also, I also, just in wrapping it up, I do believe there is a collective evil and darkness in the world that affects spirits and people. And one of my concerns is working as as a uh, anchor for the angels to clear that mental illness in the, in the human psyche as a collective. When we deal with individuals, we're dealing with the individual effect. But the disease of mental illness and misconceptions and violence is in part of the psyche of the, of the planet. So with that, I conclude and turn it over to you, Glenn. Thank you, Peter. Okay, um, that concludes our presentation. I just want to... Just just to tighten up on one thing, one of the other roles that Peter's going to have is going to be looking at self-help models um, that is currently being used by people with schizophrenia. Um, um, Dr. Jennifer um, Pinckney may also be looking at that, as well as we want to keep true to a holistic uh, approach that covers a, a, a wide field that includes diet to spiritual cleansing. With that, I don't know how much time, Michael, we have for two we get, we, We're good. We're good. Uh, we can have the discussion. I just want to find out if anybody else has come on. I've heard dings. So um, has anybody? Candy is here. Candy. Candy? Okay. Anybody else other than Candy? Uh, okay. Myself, Wendy, Glenn, Joan, 
Bill, Alishaba. Um, oh, come on, I can't read my my writing. Um, Carmela, Kenny, Michael, Dabra, Richardson, Candy, and. Uh, oh, come on, I've got a name here. Anybody else here? Wendy's Jennifer. here. Jennifer, I'm sorry, Jennifer. I I went and wrote it real fast, and please my apologies. Um, no problem. Okay, so that's everybody. I think I think we need to open the session up to questions. So I guess I'm just going to take the easiest way of doing this and go down the line. Uh, Wendy, do you have any questions? Hello, Wendy. She might have gotten off. Um, okay, Joan. No, I have no question. Uh, Bill. Uh, just some observations. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of trauma going on. You have a lot of people, as mentioned earlier, somebody was an Iraq War veteran. You have people coming back from war zones that have had tremendous trauma, and you have individuals who were never to war who've had tremendous traumas. And there's a theory that if the trauma is too great at at a given time in a person's life, uh, their spirit separates from the body because the pain is too great. There's a dissociation that occurs. And with, with the model of spirits coming in, that gives other spirits an effort, an, an, an opening to come in and take over, to harass, to torture, to control. Um, I, I, I was not familiar with Wicklund's book when I started working at the Arizona State Hospital many years ago as a young psych tech, and I had experiences where I, I started realizing that the spirits would sometimes jump from the patients to me. And then I would leave work very frustrated and and agitated, and I would go do some physical exercise, and and it would often release. And and later on, I became familiar with with Wicklund's book. And then I know that trauma uh, is, uh, you know, it can have genetic components and other things you were saying, you know, inheritance. Uh, The trauma can also leave a, 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 do damage that opens up a lot of this spiritual interference. Yeah, I think that that's so true. And I think something else you brought up, Bill, is very true. And a lot of people don't understand that from the pro- the current professional thing, that these folks or that energy, however you want to call it, it can jump off on you. And yeah. if you're not aware of that, um, that can really mess you up if you don't understand that. And we who who are professionals or have worked in the field – really need to know that. I think others need to know that. It is catchy, especially if you're dealing with spirits. And it may be catchy even dealing with other people's tetracks. Yeah. It's something to, to look at. Yeah, and um, some of that stuff is stronger and more powerful than others. Yeah. Some of it can be dangerous to the therapist. That's what I'm not... saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. They, you know, when I was working in the Bronx, uh, we had this model because the, the Hispanic culture was much more open to it because the people who started the agents were Santorans. And um, that 
trying to figure out if a client was ha- was having drug psychosis, if they had mental illness, were they having being obsessed by spirits, um, and also the realizing the need for the to to cleanse ourselves and cleanse the building. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it can be very dangerous. Um, okay, let me move on. Um, Alicia Ba, are you there? Hello, Alicia Ba. Hello, Alicia Ba. I don't know if you muted yourself. Um, If you did, unmute yourself. Okay, I'm going to move on. Um, I'm going to go down the line because we're all in this. um, So um, I'm going to go to Jennifer. Do you have any comments? Uh, are you talking to me? Yes, Dr. Jennifer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, this is uh, this is all very fascinating. Um, I would uh, the gentleman who just spoke um, about trauma and dissociation and so forth. Um, he's right on point. Um, it's basically one of the theories that I've had for a while that basically trauma will open the person's aura up, Um, you know, understanding the aura from sort of a pranic energy point of view. And if they go into a dissociative state as a form of self-protection, they sort of disappear and other entities can come in and basically, you know, crash the, the house or whatever. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think um, traditional psychology and psychiatry has no idea. And also the use of drugs can really break, um, how can I put this? Often what happens to people, they open up their their chakras with certain psychic drugs and, and amphetamines and stuff. And what happens is that, when they do it, and if it's done, done early, that doorway is kind of always open, no matter where else they go, and they have to watch that. The mm-hmm. shooting of taking drugs intravenously, from my study, um, also can puncture holes in the astral body. So there's all these kind of entrance ways that we can create for ourselves. In, in East Indian philosophy, um, some of the, the mystics there classify a, a hallucination of of an evil vision because everything is coming from a negative side and is purposely made to confuse the the mortal receiver. Mm. So that that's another piece of it. Uh, in in other studies, and I wrote Glenn a little bit about this, and I have to look more into. It. In one of my metaphysical books, they talk about something they call larvae. Now, we're all very familiar with um, thought forms that we create with our mind. The the concept of the larvae is what we create through our own emotional feelings, and the more we feed those emotions, the larvae, which are not like uh, coming out of our intelligence, but are coming out of our emotional nature and going back to trauma, can be... Um, they can grow and grow the more we 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 get are stuck in the the mechanics of whatever our trauma is plus other things. 
Yeah, and chronic energy healing, they call those that concept of larvae, they call that elementals. Yeah, and, and there's the mental, what I'm saying here, there's the mental elementals that we create with our thoughts. Exactly. These are the emotional ones we create with oh, our feelings. That's really so what? I, what the point I'm putting here is that we can create certain emotions that contradict our our knowledge. When I started learning about affirmations, I would make. Peter, we've got to give Peter good to. Right. Let's okay. Move on. The point is that that's there. So let's go on. Um, thank you. Can I? Um, is somebody? Is anybody else hearing all this background noise? Like a yeah. Yes, I am. I hear some stuff in the background. Yes, okay. I hear it as well. I'm all wondering right. if uh, I was imagining that. Carmela? <laughs> I'm going well, to Carmela. Peter, Peter yeah. wait, hold on. Peter, give the people, not the people who were speaking, give the people who were listening a chance to talk. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go down. Okay, uh, Michael, Michael. Oh, um, I'm just curious. Um, I know Alaska mentioned that people are at war when people are on the battlefield. But they, uh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you too well. Uh, uh, no, I don't, no, no, never mind. No, no I, I have to say right now. I'm sorry, what? No, that's no, nothing, nothing to contribute right now. Okay, Dabra. Just kind of a question. Um, recently, I, I came across just the, the definition of schizophrenia and multiple personality disorder had sort of gotten commingled. Can you know? Does anybody? Um, so, are they the same thing, or are they different? They're actually different. Because that's yeah, what I had thought, and yet I came across some information that kind of indicated now that they were, you know, calling multiple personality disorder schizophrenia and vice versa. And, no. and I, I had, I had not thought that prior. No, actually, psychology doesn't even use multiple uh, personality disorder anymore. It's no longer listed in the DSM-5. Well, that's that's the thing. Um, I thought that what I had gathered was that instead of them referring to multiple personality disorder, they were putting that under the banner of schizophrenia. No, they're actually calling it a dissociative disorder. Oh, okay. All right. And And I could very possibly be confused because that happens with me. And the other question is kind of a question that I had was in regard to mentioning slavery. What exactly were you talking about? Um, spiritual enslavement? Um, yes, Sarah. Um, my experience in the spirit world, the Jehovah Angels guided me to a to scenes. It, it was very painful scenes of spirit beings who was once human, who was who was slaves, they were chained. They were chained at the ankles, they were chained at the waist, they were chained at the hands and at the elbows and at the neck. Um and they couldn't walk or shuffle. 
and um, they were in the they were in the thousands. Um, and this is connected to schizophrenia. So this is not the first, but there. So that does occur. Yes, they was slaves, and it was in and a slave system that was in the spirit world. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, Tandy. Yes, Peter and group. Uh, important discussion. Uh, as, uh, as I understand it, of course, following a waspy, we're supposed to become vegetarian and live a lifestyle to make us more sensitive to communicate uh, directly with the creator and our, our angel team. And um, one of the first Awaspians I, I met in, in 1975 was um, his family had put him in a, in a, a, a mental hospital because he had so successfully be, become a, a sensitive and could talk to and see uh, the other beings. And and I did not want to uh, be treated such. I wanted to have more of a, a normal uh, life. And, and, I, and so I set my intentions that I could become a sensitive and intuitive, but not uh, actually see the spirits or, or hear their voices uh, as clearly as you hear my voices. And uh, a couple of years ago, a psychic woman said, you know, I, I feel that you're putting a block here, that you're preventing, you know, psychic uh, and telepathy communications. And and so I, um, I tried to make an adjustment to lift the block momentarily. And uh, and and I succeeded, and and I was able to uh, see and say what she had seen in psychic uh, things. Um, but I but I um, I'm still a little uncomfortable, and I don't think my friend uh, Lance would mind that you know I mentioned him. Uh, many of you've met Lance because he he has about ten different diagnoses and. Um, uh, schizophrenia is, of course, one of them, and and he's been in and out of, of mental hospitals, and and uh, uh, for 25 years and more. Um, um, I, uh, I I uh, tried to help him a, a lot, uh, but uh, uh, he he uh, is, is very complex, and 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 he he was tortured by these these uh negative druges and um so he and he hates the side effects of the medicines but but he hates seeing these scary uh, entities and hearing them too um but uh, he's doing a lot better uh recently he's gone he's gone back on uh Paxil uh and uh, it's not been prescribed. He just is, gets a hold of it, and and he stopped. He, he he for a couple of years he tried every off and on throughout his life he tries to drink uh, to uh, avoid things. But he does better when he doesn't drink, and so he he stopped drinking for the last year, and so he's doing a lot better. Um, it is so uh, complicated. 
and uh, it, it's amazing that you know he he always invited me into his therapy sessions, and and uh, I I mentioned his multiple personality disorder, and uh, he, he he's too young to have ever seen the important breakthrough movie Three Faces of Eve. And uh, the therapist said, well, I didn't think that Lance had multiple personalities. And uh, he says, I- I've never taken uh, a quick quiz. And so he, so he asked, well, do you have different clothes or outfits uh, or, or, or hats that uh, you use it sometimes and not other times? Well, yes, of course. Lance had a whole array of hats, depending on which personality he was manifesting and Lance would look like a, a little four-year-old sometimes and other times he would look like an 85-year-old man it was just amazing the physical changes in him and only someone that was around him constantly you know would notice uh, that and uh and and so then the therapist you know he he passed the test as someone who has multiple disorders and he says well I've never met someone who was outside of an institution and uh, and and somewhat functioning? So uh, it's it's very complicated, and and I think uh, um, our well, we have to help our friends because the world's not ready for them. And some say autism. You know, you can give two children the same uh, vaccine. Well, anyway, Glenn doesn't like me to talk about that. So I, I will just end there. But do help your friends who who are easily sensitive and schizophrenic. Candy, I think, you know, you brought up a good point because I think part of this goes to the discipline. Of the, but in, in spiritualist churches, you can see the mediums allowing spirits to come in and really change their features. It changes their tones. And so people who are naturally mediumistic, who don't quite know how to control it, that allows all these entities also to come in and out. So again, it becomes a really um, compli- even more complicated thing. So the more, and Cosman being dawn, we're in the dawn of Cosman. The dawn is still dark. You know, it's the dawn, you're just getting a little bit of light. So a lot of people are being born with the gifts and sensitive, but they're 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 in a discord for the various reasons we we spoke about. Um, what Glenn is talking about, the Cosman era with slavery started before the Civil War, 1848. So there has not been a cleansing and a lifting up of spirits to the higher heavens. Since then, there are these 50-year things, but imagine all the people who are trapped in the spirit world and being used, like Glenn is talking about, by spirit masters to do havoc in in this world. And we're in a period before this, Dan, which is like, you know, I would say if it's dark before the dawn, it's murky before the Dan, and there's a lot of negative stuff coming, and this is... Among faces, we say we've we've got people who've got these problems, but the population, the mental illness in our population has increased considerably, noticeably. Because isn't of- um, Susan 
Martinez's newest book. Doesn't that isn't that book dealing with um, somewhat the issues that the young people are facing? It feel that uh, that these school shootings are um, being inspired by these various children hearing voices and and acting on it. Is that what her isn't that what her her new book is about? I don't know about the book as totally about, but it is one of her premises that she. Okay, because what what one thing briefly I want to say is that I that I really think, um, from what I see around me in a very small community, but also from what I perceive in the world at large, um, in, the, in the biggest pictures with, um, from the president of the United States to really all over the world, that this stuff is an epidemic right now. I mean, you talked a little bit about that, Peter, and 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 I'm not sure who had mentioned it, but the fact that the psych, psychiatry profession and psychological those type of people, um, you know, are not even open to the idea of this being partially a spiritual battle going on. We know that. Um, so this work that's being done, what you people are doing. Is it's groundbreaking, um, and that's what is, in a sense, supposed to happen in Cosman with you know more with the spiritual being understood and known. But you know, it, it's just this is breakthrough stuff, and I, I just would highly you know encourage you all to you know to keep at this, but know that you are really breaking ground. But this is so needed now because there are so many people that are suffering um, and be and being tormented from all walks of life, well, and in the highest places, and in the low, and everywhere in between. So I'm, I'm, I, you know, I basically I'm saying I salute you for for doing this, and don't ever think that it's not important. It's very important. It's very important. I agree. I just saw a blip on my... Peter, let me say something. Um, Go for it. Um, in terms... Yes, Dara, I, I I drowned myself in Susan's book um, before I started this project. I, I like to study and read before I start something so I can refresh my memory and get some new insights. And she has a great name, you know, this, it's a field guide to the spirit world. Mm. And, um, and so... A lot of this project is taking four distinct theories, and we are we will be stipulating why we agree with one theory over the other theory, and there's a contrast, almost an oppositional um, viewpoint between um, Martinez's thesis and Julian James' thesis. Hmm. Where Julian James is saying that there is no distinction between the biblical prophets who's hearing God or the schizophrenics who's hearing voices because they're hearing the voice within their own brain, within their own neurological makeup. We will be challenging that premise, that, that particular claim. We will be aligning ourselves more with not we will have evidence that speaks for itself to align with more with Wicklin and with Susan and Dolores Fiore and Eugene Murray. 
because when we look at their interventions, it works. The patient is better. The patient is not schizophrenic. The patient doesn't have multiple personality disorder. The patient is not criminally prone. I know. So we are. So if these interventions work, that's the, that's the joy with phenomenological studies because the phenomenon is the experience. You can't argue with the experience. You can't argue with it. You know. You can't argue that the sun gives light and the moon is in the dark. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's in the sky at nighttime. That's an experience. So when we stay rooted in these basic philosoph, I mean these basic research premises, we should be guided. Okay, providing that we get the right information and we do the right right thing. We may not be equipped, but um, like Candy said, that we have to help our friends. The faith of yeah. family is our friends. They are yeah. suffering the most. They are targeted. And and the mediumship, which was discussed, like Peter mentioned and, and Jennifer, yes, and this is a very strong premise in Susan Martinez's work that people even don't even know that they have these abilities. Um, now, the book title that you mentioned, up. The Field Guide, is that the her latest book? Yeah, that's the latest book, but that's, that's the one. That's the latest the, one. That's the yeah, one yeah, you're that's talking about. Okay, okay. That's yeah, that's, one that's published in 2019. I, I want to wrap this up. Um, it, to me, it's getting kind of late. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if any other person who has not spoken, not presented, has a question. I, I just had that one question or two questions for, for Jennifer about the definition of schizophrenic reactive. Okay, that that's an interesting question to me because my father was actually given that diagnosis back in the early 1960s. And what's interesting to me is that they gave him that diagnosis and then I don't know how many years it was, but basically he he was healed or he got over it and I'm not quite sure how, but the the premise was that the schizophrenia was brought on by some kind of environmental stress, you know, oh. stressful life events, whatever. And so it was basically like a temporary kind of um, situation that resolved itself. Now, what's interesting, though, is that the DSM-4 and the DSM-5 don't list reactive schizophrenia. It's no longer considered a diagnosis. Oh, okay. Yeah. And mm. so um what what the in fact the DSM five doesn't list any subtypes. If you want to see any subtypes you have to go back to the DSM four and the subtypes that they list are paranoid, disorganized, mm-hmm. catatonic, residual and undifferentiated. And reactive is not in that list. I, I don't know when they took it off, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the other they thing. They don't really want to help us, and uh, and and they want to to drug us. You, you know, with, with some many people, lithium helps, 
And, and But the doctors want to give them like 900 milligrams, which is so very, very dangerous. People can go to the health food store and buy lithium like 7 milligrams. And, 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 and that helps lands a lot, just getting the supplement. You, you, you need a little lithium for some of these conditions, but you don't need the massive doses that doctors want to give. I think that's a good point, Candy. It's, it's the overdosing. It's, it's just, you know, just a, a little tad. Uh, something that Kenny said I wanted to reflect, because he said about like, like uh, a vine leaves, right, Kenny? Uh, yes. Uh, from and, uh, Well, Glenn the, actually recounted uh, right. uh, um, one of my experiences. And I think yeah. that's important because what is actually in the only place it's really remarked in Oasby about the leaf that's on the, on the uh, cross is that it's a vine leaf. And um, the things about vines, as you say, they just grow everywhere. So sooner or later, you know, the light of the Creator is going to is going to spread from that kind of analogy anyway. Um, so I think I, um, I'm going to go maybe quick to Michael. If Michael, do you have anything you want to add or not add? Uh, no, I really enjoyed the conversation though. Okay, uh, righty. Um, so we're here. It's my time, 7:49. It is getting pretty late. Um, Glenn, any more that you you want to cap this with, or Joan, anyone else? Other quick comments? No, I just want to thank the um, the faces community for providing us with the opportunity to present our proposal for the for the benefit of of the general population, but more specifically for the benefit of faces who are suffering from some kind of mental disorders, so-called mental disorders that we feel may be sourced or caused by spirits. And um, we will look into it in a way that is going to be very comprehensive and systematic, and hopefully that we can have a solution that can be replicated. And I, on behalf of the team, I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, as always, a really good um, presentation, getting us on board. I really appreciate it. Um, Jennifer, thank you for the for the clarity on on uh, with some of the things connected with mental illness from a professional point of view. I truly appreciate it, and I think everybody else did. Um, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity as well. So we just keep on keeping on and uh, tell tell the little bothersome creatures out there to uh, look out. We're gonna kind of gonna understand this sooner or later. Anyway, Peter, I have a question. Peter, yeah. I have a question. I'm wondering if the group could give us an idea of when we might expect to hear back from them about how their work is going. Oh, um, hmm. Glenn? Good question, Joan. Yes, um, I was thinking about that. Um, um, the holiday season is going to be difficult. We have some people who couldn't even be on this phone call, and it was like a month and a half in advance, two months in advance. And it's understandable. A lot of folks, they work, they got some serious jobs. Um, so I'm hoping to give an update within maybe three or four months, um, we 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 
been running. We have to find time to be consistent um, with the intervention, and we got to have the, the critical time to be all together to access the information. So we, we, we're getting it tits and bits, so I've given about four months. We can come back. Uh, okay, I, thank you. We'll pencil you in. Okay. Uh, Glenn, what is it in the near future? Because we do have the, the UFK uh, website. Is there in the future that maybe we could put up um, um, critiques of this in, as to uh, as it relates to spirit in on on the website? That's a good idea, Peter. I, let me speak with uh, with Joy. I, I have a, a, a formal meeting with her every two weeks. We've been pretty consistent. I'll put good. that on the agenda so that we could see how we can post that. I need to get permission from the team members so that they become comfortable with posting their names and what information they do not want posted. We should right. not be posting on phone numbers because we can get... No, I meant more of a critique of, of the information that people could just read. They don't need to know okay. the personal so I, contact. I'll Joy because Joy is, is our executive director. I would like to speak to her and um, see how she'd like to go forward Okay. All righty. So I uh, then I will, I think, officially well, uh, start closing this out. Is there anyone who wants to do uh, – here comes the big question of every week. Uh, anybody who wants to do the closing prayer? That sounds pretty silent. Um, all right. And – Going once, going twice, going three times. O oh, Heavenly Father, Mother, Jehovah Om, Thou Great Nahoma, we thank you for this time. We thank you so much for this light, this understanding. Continue to help us open our understanding to this problem, to this situation, so that we may be true anchors for thee, thy angels, and be able to present in time, a model that will revolutionize the treatment of so-called mental illness um, as we um, move forth. Lead us to the information that we need um, so that we can put this together and truly give us the protection and we claim the protection that we need in some of the workings in the actual um, application of these models to release people from their torment. We thank you all, thou almighty. Amen. Amen. Very nice. Very nice. Amen. Anybody who, who wants to have any ideas um, about this project or want to send their point of view, Please feel free. Um, you can contact me, uh, contact Michael, contact Peter, contact Joan. The more information that we have, the better that we'll feel that we can move forward. Because this is a very important project for us. We want to get it right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for presenting. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes.
Okay, I guess Vernon didn't make it tonight. Need Maya either. All right, guys, I am going to just continue this recording.